This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, let's shift our attention to tonight's game. Uh, lots of positive numbers coming out of the first time these two teams played uh, earlier this year. But what, what, are, what are we watching for? It's going to be De'Aaron's first matchup against the Oklahoma City Thunder this year as he missed the, the earlier game with the, with the injury. Yeah, for me, it's definitely the Fox and Shea matchup. Like two of the best young guards in the league. I don't know if, if you can call them young anymore, 25 and 26. No, still young, man. Very young. I, think, young. I don't think you get old till you get to 27 or 28. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but they are just so similar in their play styles that it's going to be so fun to see them match up. And Kenny, this is where I'll be watching closely. You've been saying the last few days is who's Shea going to guard? Because mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Dort gets the first assignment on Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I looked up the numbers last year and Dort like shuts Fox down. He's such a good defender and he's got that phys- physicality to him. Mm-hmm. But is Shea going to get that assignment at all? Um, it feels like Fox will probably guard Shea. Mm-hmm. But if you look at their numbers the similarities are pretty wild for Fox 29.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 6.4 assists, 1.4 steals on 46.9, 38.173% splits. Shea 30.4, 5.5, 6.2, 2.8 steals, 55, 34, 92 splits. Mm. So just very similar. Shea's obviously got the free throw advantage. Uh, they get to the line a similar amount, but Shea knocks them down at a 91.7% clip, which I wish Fox would do, but I think he's just going to be a 75-ish percent free throw shooter for his career, and that's just kind of what it is. But the way that they both get to the line, get inside to the paint, they can all finish, I like to say, on four levels. I break down the paint into the rim and the floater area. They can both get into the paint, the floater, the mid-range. Fox has got the advantage from three, but just two stars going at it tonight should be really fun. Mm. Yeah, I I, I love the way SGA gets the job done uh, out there. He's he's the truth. He is absolutely the truth. Uh, It hurt my heart a little bit because I hadn't – I hadn't recognized this uh, that De'Aaron is now below thirty points per game. I was like, "Oh no!" Oh, oh that mm-hmm. yeah. I was. Oh, no. I, I meant to look. I knew that was bad because the yeah, fi- the fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's going to kick yeah, in the face. Below. I think yeah. he ends up around twenty eight for the season. I think he gets non believer. You hear that, Mrs. Fox? This guy. 
30 is a lot. That's great. 30 That's is, a lot. I mean, we're a quarter way and through the season, but that's what he's doing. It is what he's doing. They said he played bad and he scored 30. <laughs> they did. Yep. They did. So I, I, I'd love to see him bounce back with a 35 piece here tonight, though. Yeah, 45. But, yeah, I got okay. you. Yeah, 45. I, ain't gonna, mm-hmm. I need I Fox to hit 50 once just to. Oh, yeah. Just to. Because 50 is a special number. He did 43 and no attention. one cared. Hit 50. Yeah, exactly. Somebody going to exactly. take the ball. Somebody... <laughs> Don't do it against the Pacers. Oh, Don't do it against the Pacers because, you know, Buddy will be like, hey, hey, someone get that ball. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I'm a sucker. But, no, I, I, this, this matchup is phenomenal. I agree with you, Will. I think uh, Dort is probably going to guard Fox the majority of the time, even starting out mm-hmm. and then closing the game, too. And um, – Fox is, I think he's going to get the SGA assignment. So, you know, yeah. he's going to do what he does, and that's be a menace on both sides. Yeah, listen. and Shea gets a lot of love for his steals. Um, I haven't watched enough to know if those are more on-ball steals or passing lane steals. I'll be kind of looking at that and seeing how he gets those as well. SGA, real quick, SGA, is, uh, he's, a, he's a hell of a defender. Um, on ball for sure. But the steals thing, you always got to look for, right? Because Allen Iverson mm-hmm. left the uh, league in steals multiple times. Allen Iverson was not a great on ball defender. He played mm-hmm. passing lanes and gambled a lot. So yeah. I always think about that when they talk about guards leading the league in steals. I was like, I got to I gotta dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, and that's where we see with Tyrese. Like, he's a great at getting steals, and that's all passing lanes. Mm-hmm. So it's all just, again, who knows – I'd have to go back and watch. You can, if I had that synergy account, maybe search some things. But well, it takes. No, I hear you. No, I, 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 I caught that. You're listening to D'Lo and Casey on KIFM West Sacramento, ninety-eight point five FM, KRXQHD two Sacramento, ESPN thirteen twenty. Always, always, always live on the free Odyssey app. Of course, live in visual form here on Twitch, uh, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, another marquee matchup tonight. Uh, Chet and Domas, what did the first game tell us uh, about these two going at it? Yeah, Domas with the triple-double in the first game, 17 points, 13 rebounds, 13 assists. He did exactly what I think all Kings fans wanted him to do and just attacked him early on in the game, took it to Chet's chest, and just, can he guard me one-on-one? No. Though the Thunder, I thought, double-teamed him a lot. And that's what led to the big passing night as well. So be looking for that a lot more tonight as well. Um, Chet's obviously one of the best shot blockers in the league. Um, But Sabonis is so strong. He's Sabonis has been struggling in the paint. I don't know if you guys have kind of noticed that he's been missing a lot of bunnies last year. He was at like 70 something percent in the restricted area this year. He's at, I think 66 Mm -hmm. or somewhere around there. So his, touch around the rim i keep waiting for it to kind of come back and it seems like it hasn't uh so hoping tonight he'll have that kind of finishing touch around the rim as he bodies down low or if they double team him find the open man and the kings have got to knock down their threes what do you what do you just will z watching the game what do you attribute mm-hmm. to sabonis not always finishing around the rim i have my thoughts on it but what, what do you see I don't know. It looks like he pump fakes a lot. And I'm wondering if he, it just doesn't look fluid down there. It's a pump fake, pump fake, 
shot or kind of twisting. It doesn't look like he's going up super strong. Mm -hmm. I think he's trying to maybe be too crafty. I don't know. What do you think, Kenny? I said the other day, I mean, there's two things going on sometimes when, when he goes up some of these guys, and it's not a shot at him or anything like that. It's just the fact that, number one, to be a center, he's not – he's tall, but he's not that tall. Like, mm -hmm. he's six – they have him listed well, – <laughs> I think they have him listed at seven feet. He's not seven feet. People look at him and like, yeah, he's about 6'10". He's probably mm -hmm. closer to 6'9". You know what I mean? So, when you're going up against a Chet or – uh, you're going up against some of these true centers, these true seven-footers. You know, you you got to get creative with how you get the shot off sometimes. And then also, the other thing is he's not, like, super athletic. So mm -hmm. a lot of the, you know, people wanting to be explosive around the basket and stuff like that, that's just not the type of athlete he is. Yeah. Um, he's got to be a little crafty. You know, he's got to use the angles and, and deception with pump fakes and things of that nature uh, to finish around the basket sometimes around these – seven footers who can jump out the gym so mm -hmm. I, I think you know he does a really good job of that he uses like i said the, the shoulder and all this other stuff to create space and get guys off balance to be able to get his shot off but sometimes you know he struggles with it and i think that's what you see sometimes when he's a little hesitant around the basket do you need to check on the baby <laughs> she said sorry. Tell Anna it's all right. We're baby friendly, pet friendly show here. Just, just don't want any calls to the Will Z compound. This guy was She's on the not radio. Just sitting in some corner this guy was talking numbers and there was a baby screaming in the background. Um swing stat. Yeah. Uh tonight again, simple one, three point percentage, but sometimes simple is best. So we always talk about this year, the Kings are a make-or-miss team. The Thunder, even more so. So if you look at the win-loss, three-point percentage splits. Um, as, let's make it appear. Hey! hey. So in their wins, the Kings shoot 39.8%. In their losses, they shoot 305 for the Thunder in their wins, they shoot 42.9. In their losses, they're at 30.8. So even more of a difference, the Thunder will shoot themselves out of a game. We saw that last time uh, the two teams played. Neither of them shot well. Mm -hmm. It's one of the few games that the Kings have won where they didn't hit the three. Um, so I think as simple as it sounds, it might just come down to who hits their shots. And obviously the Thunder are leading the league. They've overtaken the Nets and are now leading the league again in three-point percentage. But that's because they, like, only take shots when they're open. Good looks, yeah. Threes when they're open. Uh, I'll throw yeah. you a, a, a homework assignment um, for when, you're, when you have a minute. And knowing you, it might be something you know off the top of your head. What mm -hmm. do teams shoot against Sacramento from behind the oh, line? Oh, I could find that. Because I, I – and this is maybe – I could have swore it didn't happen, and I was stunned to look at the box score when the game was over. I thought the Clippers hit 23s. They like nine. They didn't even shoot a ton. They didn't shoot nearly as many as I thought they did. But in the course of the so, game, it felt like they, they made a lot of them. Sorry, go ahead, Will. No, you're good. It's They shoot 38% against the Kings, which is eighth highest. Okay. But what's interesting is the Kings do a really good job of limiting three-point attempts. So they give up 31.6 per game, 27th. Um, and 
So if you put those two together, teams are making 12 threes a game against the Kings. That's tied for 20, 20th. So if you go three-point makes, they're good. If you go three-point percentage, it leaves a little to be wanted. Okay. Interesting. All right. Which I'll be... I guess I'll take that. I'll be following that tonight because what got my attention was the 42.9% that the Thunder make when they win. Mm-hmm. That's a... And we saw it with the um, the Nets. Mm-hmm. They shot well, mm-hmm. but they didn't make as many as the Kings. Yeah, I think you posted the tweet. It is amazing Brooklyn lost this game. Yeah. The way that they the the, the way that they the shot. It goes to speed. Out. I yeah. just kept staring at the stats and like this is a winning stat line, like across multiple levels. And they still lost. What's the baby's Nuts. name? Kennedy. Kennedy. Watching Kennedy stare at your uh, <laughs> giant monitor of numbers oh, is yeah. absolutely spectacular. <laughs> World. I'm on basketball reference, so there's ads just popping up everywhere, like, too. What <laughs> is this up here? Uh, you'll learn, Kennedy. You'll learn. Yeah. And we can just start saying, Kennedy! <laughs> Kennedy! In a reference Will probably doesn't understand. Uh, we appreciate you, my friend. Great work, as always. Great job multitasking. Uh, give Hannah our love, and, and, and we'll connect again. Oh, man, we got some monsters next week, Will. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, a really tough Washington Wizards team coming to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, they're good. Man, they're real good. We got Boston right after that. Yeah. Phoenix, yeah. Uh, Minnesota. We got to talk about all that, man. So, Will, we appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, as always. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. <laughs> so, man, Will. Will Z, Kennedy's going to break Kennedy. something. Kennedy's going to absolutely break something. <laughs> Uh, Get Kennedy in the baby race. There's an opening. Kennedy, yeah, there is an opening. Get Kennedy in there. <laughs> There's an opening. Ryan Caraway has been disqualified. It's out. Ben Johnson out here isn't eligible for the race. <laughs> I love how Casey had to call the Kings or whatever. Hey, yeah, so my kid walks, so, <laughs> so I'm out. I, I thought about it for about two weeks. Like, I should just leave her in there. But as we were like, well, let's see if she'll crawl and then try to put her in the crawl position. And She was training. Just, you hear yeah. this? You hear this? Ryan was She's, training for oh, the baby race. Case Casey wasn't thinking big enough. You could have went viral if the Kings thought your baby took their first steps during the baby race. Well, see, that was always the plan, right? Like when we saw her starting to walk, it was, you know, it was gonna be like, yeah, we put her in there, and if she just gets up and walk, we're like, oh my gosh, she's taking her first. This is crazy. But the fact you do this, but now gimmick run around with your <laughs> yeah, she's walking. She took her first steps at the Kings game. Now she could take her steps to her season tickets yeah. for life. Well, see, but the the problem is Courtside. that was when she started to walk. Now she would just walk on the court like she like when they'd be like, and now we've got Ryan Caraway. She'd walk on the court. Yeah, that's right. And I now she's two. She's also sitting next wow. to Vivek, so it's probably. <laughs> Shout out Uncle V. Probably, Shout out probably Uncle tough. V. We'll come back. Uh, Matt George joins us. Uh, Locked on Kings, ABC 10. We're dealing with Casey. Return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we are back here with our main man, uh, Matt George, host of the Locked on Kings podcast, what ABC the? 10. Sorry. DJ Complex in the chat. This is debut. <laughs> what? It's Chatty House debut. Complex is in here. <laughs> DJ Complex. Oh. Tapped in. Oh, wow. <laughs> see, there's, well, see, see, Complex knows I talk myself through KSFM stuff during the show, and now he's tapping in to make sure I don't screw up. That's all right. No, no, no. As if I didn't have enough pressure on me. So I guess we're fully going through with this now. Yeah, now, no, no, now it's absolutely happening. Uh, as we welcome in our good friend Matt George, host of the Locked On Kings podcast, and of course, um, sports anchor over at ABC Ten. Matt, big game tonight. What? Let's let's start. You know, you you got you got to you got to move back to move forward. That's doesn't even make sense. That's not a thing. <laughs> well, okay. that's what they say. Do they? Yeah. Okay. I'll go with it. Um the hell happened the other night in 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 are the clippers the latest tough matchup for sacramento okay so you're a, a professional damian barling because <laughs> you lead into conversations with guests with questions which is the correct way to do things instead of just asking how are you as if anybody cares and i was planning for you to ask how am i had a bit prepared kind of but we, we can get to that later anyway, oh i killed the gimmick question. oh see, no, <laughs> no i never no, it wasn't a gimmick it wasn't a gimmick i was just telling like i was going to tell you that i've been driving like almost all day today so i've been listening to the entire show sorry about and I've that com- i've been compiling notes so i have notes oh. and we'll, we'll get to at one point okay. i have notes just about today's show um not <laughs> can you wait till complex leaves before you share those <laughs> notes with everybody <laughs> In fact, that made me want to share them more. But uh, yes, I, I guess the, the the Clippers are now suddenly the the latest team on the list of bad matchups, which now means we have three teams that can be classified as bad matchups in the Western Conference. Oh. And if you want to add the Golden State Warriors as a kinda, because they've beaten the Kings twice, mm. if you have this many teams in the West that are potentially playoff teams that can be classified as bad matchups, certainly two in the Pelicans and now the Clippers, you're probably in trouble because now the slim pickings on the teams that you actually want to face in a best of seven series. And see, that's why I don't classify neither one of them as bad matchups. You just mm. lost to them. I mean, do they, do they have? Is it hard to guard Zion? Is it guard to guard to guard Ingram? Yeah, sure. You know what I mean. But sometimes, sometimes I hope that the the coaches and the players, and I know they don't, don't look at these things the way us fans do sometimes, because <laughs> they'd be that would be terrible. Well, 
You know, I don't know what we're gonna do, guys. It's just a bad matchup. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do. What? What? No, you lost a couple of games. You got to figure something out. That's guys, let's is. not bother. It's a bad matchup. <laughs> no. So yeah, no. That, that's why, Matt. I you won't ever really hear me say it's a bad matchup. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there are certainly matchup elements, and there's clearly a type of player that Sacramento really struggles against. It's long, physical, athletic wings. Sacramento just struggles against those type of players. And those players, it's not just guarding them, because naturally we think King struggles on the defensive end. Long, athletic wings give the Kings problems when they pack the paint and and force Sacramento to shoot a lot of threes. That's been a consistent theme that I've seen with the Clippers, certainly with the Pelicans. We saw it with the Houston Rockets, which is a third team that you might want to classify as a bad matchup. I know De'Aaron didn't play in those games but still I don't know how much De'Aaron Fox could have saved how terribly the rest of that Kings team played uh, in those two games against the Houston Rockets I'm interested to see when the Kings and Rockets play again what it looks like now that there's a little more context and knock on wood De'Aaron Fox will be playing in that game but we'll get to that uh, at a future date like I I I look at this team and I I just get like I think this is what they are like they they they're a team that does not surprise anybody anymore. They're a team that they have four guys, four dudes. And if two out of the four are playing well, then they have a chance to win. If three out of the four are playing well, they're probably going to win. Mm-hmm. If all four are playing well, this team looks unstoppable. And those four are Fox, Sabonis, Monk, and Murray. Mm-hmm. You can sprinkle in a Herder here. You can sprinkle in a Harrison Barnes game every once in a while there. Trey Lyles off the bench. Sasha Vizenkov going tr- crazy. Like, you can sprinkle in this help. But ultimately, it's those four. And if any co- if, if any combination of the four are, are rolling, then Sacramento typically is rolling, whether it's Fox and Monk or Fox and Sabonis or Sabonis and Keegan, whatever combination. But we've seen too many games where only one of the four is playing well or all four of them are just playing fine. And those are typically the games that the Sacramento Kings are losing by double digits. And the fact that they've had this many double-digit losses, what's concerning to me, guys, is that through 22 games in both last season and this season, the Kings' same record, 13 and 9. You can look at it through the perspective of, okay, you're 13 and 9, but this year you've had a lot more injuries and you're still at the same record and still on the same pace as the season that you were the third seed in the West. So there's that positive way of looking at it. And I, I like looking at it that way and I want to look at it that way. But then when you look at the numbers and you look at how the Sacramento Kings are through the 22 games in this season compared to last season, this is me doing my best Will Z impression here. The Kings like are, are winning by a lesser margin. They're winning by around two points less per game. Not that big of a deal. They're still winning by 9.5 points per game in the 13 wins they have. But in the nine losses, they're losing by an average of 15 points. And that's compared to last season through the first nine games, they were losing by an average of seven points. So their margin of losses has almost doubled. And I'm I'm less concerned about the struggles of matchups, Kenny, and, and, and play teams like that. I'm more concerned about when this team is losing, they're getting their ass kicked consistently. And they and, and I don't know if Mike needs to figure that out, if the players need to figure that out. But whether it's the second night of a back-to-back or long, lengthy teams or whatever, the Kings are losing by double digits way too much this season. We talked on 
the, the yesterday, the day after the the, the Clippers game, that this this team and 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 I've just become like enamored with this term tone setters. That like De'Aaron can set the tone in a game, and it feels like Malik can set the tone. Maybe he 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 could set the tone like when he enters a game, right? For a moment, for a time, we've seen it. We can we can go back and we could talk about the Draymond Green incident against the Warriors. Let's not forget what Malik Monk did in that game and in those particular moments as well after the Draymond Green uh, uh, technical foul uh, when the Kings beat the Warriors by one. But it feels like if if those guys are a little bit off, that might be it. Because hmm. Domas, not, 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 this isn't a criticism, not to be over, I don't think he does that. I don't think he's a tone setter. I think they're hoping Keegan can be, which is why I think we saw him play 30-plus minutes in the game against the Clippers. But it, it feels like if De'Aaron and Malik aren't hitting, you talked about, you know, you just laid out the numbers. If one guy's playing well, two guys playing well, three guys playing well, if those guys can't set the tone, man, we might have those double-digit losses that you're talking about right there because Harrison, Keegan, uh, excuse me, uh, Kevin Herter, Trey Lott, those guys aren't, Taking the reins, hell, even Domas to a certain degree, they're not taking the reins and able to pull this thing forward. See, and and that's another element of this Kings team that I I wouldn't say is necessarily concerning, but they have to figure out is because before last season, De'Aaron had to be the clear above and beyond best player on the court every single night for Sacramento to have a chance. Last year it was, okay, De'Aaron was averaging, what, 26 points per game. He's capable of averaging 30, but he didn't have to score that much last season for the Kings to win games. This season, like, the Kings are needing De'Aaron to score 30 points a night. And the Kings are needing Malik Monk to be right behind him with the energy. Like, uh, if if you're on a second night of a back-to-back, and your guys that played 15 to 20 minutes the night before relying on the guy who played 38, to set the tone and bring the energy again. Like, what the hell are you doing here? Like to me, that's, that's concerning or that's unacceptable is yeah. Like if you're playing heavy minutes the day before and you're a top guy, the expectation is you got to be ready and and, and get up and and go again the next day. It's back to backs. Welcome to the league, right? Everybody has to do it. And Kawhi Leonard did that. He played 40 minutes against Mm -hmm. Portland, came back, played another 35 or whatever minute it was dropped 30, no 31 points and dropped 31 uh, or he did. He scored 31 points, excuse me, in 31 minutes, and, and brought it to the Kings the very next night. Like that's that's what stars do. And De'Aaron didn't have that great a game. That's fine. But to me, I'm looking at the rest of the roster and going, HB, Kevin, Trey, guys who didn't put the team on their back the night before in in, in that win over the Brooklyn Nets. Like, where are you? Step up. Step to the plate. Like, give De'Aaron a little bit of help because Fox and Monk have been above and beyond the two best players on this Kings team this season. I don't think it's particularly close. Demonis Sabonis has put up good good numbers, and he Sabonis naturally plays a support role to where if the other guys are shining, then Sabonis is doing well because he just naturally sets everybody up, scores around the rim, grabs rebounds, dishes out assists. So I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying that to be negative about Sabonis. But Fox and Monk are clearly the heartbeat and lifeblood of this Sacramento team. When they're on, the Kings are at their best. But you can't rely on both of them to be on every single night. And other guys just need to be stepping up more and making more of an impact. I'm not just talking about scoring the basketball or hitting the majority of their shots or uh, having a pulse on the defensive end. It's the heart. It's the passion. What did uh, Mike Brown say 
after the the loss in LA, he said, like, we didn't have any fight tonight. Hmm. Like I'm looking at the guys who should be coming in and providing that energy, bring the fight. And when the bench came, came into that game really in the late first quarter, early second quarter, that's when things completely fell apart. So De'Aaron and, and, and Malik can't be the guys on the front lines throwing every single punch every game or when they're not on Sacramento's going to suffer. I think the biggest thing right now, we, I would assume we're all in agreement, but I'll, I'll ask you anyway, is this, um, they, they haven't found a level of consistency that I think we're all looking for because the things that we ask and the things that we want to see from this team, they, they've shown they're capable of giving it to us. I mean, Brooklyn was fantastic. That Brooklyn game was fantastic. Followed up with the Clippers game. You know, I, that's just the, the tell of this team right now. Like sometimes, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Matt, sometimes if everybody's on, they're probably going to win. If a couple of things aren't going their way, it could get ugly real quick. And I think that's what we're waiting to see if they're able to become more consistent. You know, with this group, if they have to make changes, whatever. But can you be more consistent? They did it one time before in the six-game winning streak. Now we want to see another streak where, you know, maybe you win uh, seven to ten games or something like that to to kind of separate yourself and make sure, hey, you're you're one of these guys. And maybe they did it right now. How about Juan Toscano-Anderson? I like that. I one like year that. deal with the Sacramento Kings. I like it. Yes. Sorry, Matt. Matt, I just caught Matt off guard. <laughs> uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reports the Sacramento Kings are signing forward Juan Toscano-Anderson to a one-year deal. Uh, sources tell ESPN Toscano-Anderson uh, has had stops with the Warriors, Lakers, and Jazz and has been playing with Mexico City uh, of the G League. Again, the Sacramento Kings are signing Juan Toscano-Anderson to a one-year deal. I'm not exactly sure what happened to him after the Warriors, because he wasn't that good after the Warriors, but I liked him when he was on the Warriors. Uh, I like what he brought to the table. So you're talking about a guy that, you know, is a rotational guy, you know, at best. And maybe he's a guy that you see every two or three games and, you know, if injuries are going on and, and he can give you uh, some type of spark. But one of the things that I'll say about JTA is we – Saw him at his best when Mike Brown was there. So maybe Mike Brown mm. feels like he can he can get something out of him. Yeah, I mean, I think what's made abundantly clear by this move, the Stanley Johnson move, the other G League moves, is Monty and the Kings front office are trying to acquire wings and give Mike some kind of help. Because that wing position is by far the weakest position on this Kings team. And that's not intended to be a shot at Keegan and Harrison in any case, like if you look at the history of, of, of Sacramento, especially during the playoff drought, like the Kings had a hard time having one starting caliber wing. They have two starting caliber wings right now, and one is underperforming with high expectations. And I'm talking about Keegan and making that second jump. Keegan's not playing bad basketball. He's just underperforming right now. That's okay. He's also much better on the defensive end that I was expecting right now. And then you have Harrison, who, if we're being completely honest, guys, is completely underperforming, period both sides of the floor. Like he's just not playing well. He's not playing to the level that you would expect out of a starting vetting uh, veteran, excuse me, wing. So Monty is clearly trying to get bodies in the building that at the very least can physically stack up at that position to give Mike Brown some looks and maybe 
maybe it increases any kind of intensity in practice, although the Kings don't practice that much or can't during the regular season. But like there is a there's a size issue with this Kings team at that position. And that's one that I don't know if the Kings are going to be able to address much more than what they're doing right now. We talked at the live show at Sky River Casino last week, which was a great time, by the way, and shout out everybody who came out. But I share with you, I don't think that a, a, a saving move from the trade deadline is coming this year. I just don't think it makes sense. I just don't think the Kings are set up for it. I think the Kings are set up again for a position of we ride with what we got. We believe that more experience plus better Fox Malik Monk playing this way and better Keegan, uh, Kevin Herter and an overall better starting lineup production maybe gets us out of the first round reassess and then attack next off season and, and try and make the big moves there and make some big decisions there. That's where I think the signs are pointing to right now. Again, it's mid December. So we got a ton of time before the trade deadline itself, but this one Toscano Anderson move is, Further fit, the Kings need help help at this position. They need depth. They need size because, again, those long, physical, athletic wings are giving Sacramento fits right now, and Keegan can't guard all. Again, Adrian Wojnarowski reports uh, James Ham confirms uh, the Sacramento Kings are signing Juan Toscano-Anderson to a one-year deal. Of course, there's probably a lot of questions that the Kings do have a roster spot available. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is coming from the G League. Is this meant to be a two-way thing? Is this meant to be a a main roster thing. Is he with the team the rest of the season is like his spot, like certified. We've seen guys sign uh, one-year deals with Sacramento that turn out to be like a guarantee of twenty, thirty thousand dollars and they're cut before the season starts. Like we saw that during, during training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, what this signing means, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, Matt and, and, and Casey both did a great job pointing out he has a history with Mike Brown. There's probably something to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just – you know, we're, we, we, we point at that wing position, and I'm, I'm going to ask you, Matt, because you said something there about Harrison Barnes and the way that he's played this year, and as a vet, you expect more from him, and I certainly understand. What about Kevin Herter? How do you feel about the way Kevin Herter has played so far this year? Kevin Herter is now back on a downswing after, mm-hmm. I think, a colossal rise and a rise that was celebrated and deserved to be celebrated with the way he started this season and the way that, that like I was very impressed by Kevin in the sense, in, in the case that he showed his ability to make an impact on the game outside of shooting. And then he continued to make that impact when the shot returned. Well, now the shot is starting to trickle off a little bit and we're not seeing as much of an impact with the boards. We're not seeing as much of an impact with the, with, with the ball movement and even on the defensive end to the point or to a a level where Mike has played him less and less minutes. And at the same time, we're starting to see Keegan kind of wake up a bit offensively. And I know there's only so many shots to go around. And I actually talked about this after the Brooklyn game is like, it's not just sharing the basketball in terms of assists, it's sharing the shot attempts. And there's only so many shot attempts can go around. Fox is going to be in the 20s. Sabonis should be behind him at like 14, 15 a game. Malik should probably be in the 14, 15 a game range. After that, Keegan might get 12 one night and Herter's only getting six. And it could be vice versa the other night, depending upon who's getting going. Like, I still think this team is figuring out how to get everybody their attempts and get everybody in a rhythm at the same time. 
But to go back to your question, D'Lo, about Kevin Herter, the difference between Kevin and Harrison this season is Kevin has shown me that he can be impactful in the other ways that Mike is asking in addition to his offense. Harrison has not shown me that yet. He hasn't. He's, he's not grabbing rebounds, and Mike has said specifically that that's an ex- expectation of him. Harrison Barnes has been doing a terrible job mm-hmm. guarding wings, I think. And, and I've been captain defender Barnes all the way. I thought the Kings signing Harrison for 18 mil a year and bringing him back was a good thing. I'm starting to think I'm starting to be wrong because Harrison is just not living up to the expectation of what this Sacramento Kings team needs, and it's a glaring issue on a semi-consistent basis. When he has good games, I'm happy to point that out. He played excellent against Brooklyn. He scored, I think, 12 or 14 points, completely in the flow of the offense, hitting corner threes, which was wonderful to see. Also made an impact uh, in um, on the defensive end that was halfway decent. Still didn't grab too many rebounds, but you know what? On a good offensive night, I'm willing to let that slide. But more often than not, he's not having a good offensive night. He's not grabbing boards. He's certainly not dishing assists. And then defensively, he's not able to stay in front of these long athletic wings that the Kings are having problems with. So, like, the the, the criticisms are high for Harrison right now. Sometimes over the top, I agree. He's not the scapegoat by any means, and moving on from Harrison doesn't solve all the Kings' problems, but he's certainly not helping right now. Do the Kings need to make a move? Can I can I follow up before you ask that? Just sure, just, just real quick, because I have a little bit of problem, a little bit of a problem with what Matt said. Only in the okay. regard that, and I see it. I see RP talking about, hey, thank you, Matt. Glad you acknowledged that AP's HP is not good enough. Look, Matt keeping it in. I got you. I'm gonna ask the chat, and I'm gonna ask Matt. What did you expect? Like, what did you? What did you think was going to happen when Harris signed this con- Harrison signed this contract? What we're seeing this year, to me, this is Harrison Barnes in a Sacramento Kings uniform, even as recently as last year. This is Harrison Barnes. Am I wrong? You're looking at me like I'm wrong. Am I, I think wrong? he's been worse this year than last year. I, I agree. I think is he, has he been worse or has Keegan supplanted him in the hierarchy of the makeup of this team? Yes. Maybe oh, okay. right? Yes. You know that doesn't, but that doesn't excuse him not being as good. So you know what I, I'm saying? Like even like I know James always talks about. Oh man, he's not getting the same shots. Go get a goddamn rebound. I understand. Go I play better defense. Like you ain't got a. You're not getting the same amount of shots. Still have an impact on the game. And now, but, and what what that tells me is, if you're not shooting, then you're invisible, Matt. And that can't happen. Yeah, so kind of building off of what Kenny's saying, but also like I, I hear what you're saying, uh, D'Lo, because HV's shooting percentage is actually almost identical. His three-point percentage is actually slightly up from 37 to 38%. Uh, and, I mean, his two-point percentage is up like from 55 to 58%. Free throw percentage down slightly, but he doesn't really get to the foul line. Nobody on this Kings team is getting to the foul line, really, and when they do, they're missing him, so who cares? But... To, to Kenny's point, his shooting is down from 15 to 11. Or sorry, his, his points per game are, is down from 15 to 11. That right there I'm willing to chalk up to, like he's the fifth option on offense in this starting lineup. That's what I expected. But I said coming into this season, if Harrison is still going to play 30-plus minutes a night, which he is, I think. Is there, yeah, thirty exactly, 30.8 minutes per game. If he's going to keep playing 30 minutes a night, but he's not going to be featured as much on the offense, and Mike Brown has said as much, they're not running plays for him. So if his scoring is going to drop off, something else needs to increase. So if your job is no longer to, uh, to to score as much as you were in years past, but you're still out there to help space the floor because you're capable of knocking down that shot and you're a consistent starting wing in the NBA, like you're the right size, you can, you can physically fit that position. 
you need to go out and do something else. And he does like his rebounds are down from 4.5 to 3.3. His assists are slightly down. He's never really been an assist guy, but his rebounds are down from last year. Yes. From 4.5 rebounds a game to 3.3. His defensive rebounds are down from 3.4 to 2.5. And he grabs less than an offensive rebound per game. So that's the concerning part is not only is he not playing well on the defensive end, which so many Kings players aren't. So I'm not going to single him out necessarily, but his defense has not been good. His scoring is down. We expected that, but his rebounding being down and his overall impact, especially in big games, that's what concerns me. And again, I've been team Barnes and I like Harrison Barnes a ton. I am concerned about moving on from Harrison Barnes and the impact that that could have on this Kings, uh, Culture. I got you. No, we know what you mean. Oh, no. Well, well, Harrison just walked in and threw Matt's mic down. The ghost of Harrison Barnes. I like HB, too. he's not dead. I think we all all like HB. We all love HB. Maybe I don't because I'm not particularly moved by the way that he's playing. It's like, this is what I thought was going to – this is what I – expect. I didn't expect much more than we're seeing. I do get frustrated with the two. You know, in the three, but like I was like Kevin Herter has a game where he scored one mm-hmm. and zero. But this is this and this I think is the most important part. Mike challenged Kevin Herter to do something else, mm-hmm. and he did, mm-hmm. and he's done that consistently even when his shot is in hell. Harrison, it doesn't feel like he's doing that. So I, I I guess you know stalling out Harrison has to stop. If Kevin Herter can go get six rebounds, why the hell can't Harrison Barnes? But I'll ask this. I don't even know if I'm asking it. I think I'm stating it. Why not Descano Anderson isn't taking Harrison Barnes's place, is he? Not at all. Not at all. That's what, and no. that goes back to what I said. Do they need to make a move? And 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 that's the question I interrupted. So go ahead. I yeah, apologize. That's, that's just, do they need to make a move? When I say make a move, I ain't talking JTA. I'm talking welcome about, to Sacramento. Welcome to the welcome, team. Like the beam. To, yeah, white, welcome yeah. to JTA for sure. Uh, but do they need to go make a franchise, potentially franchise-altering move? I need to make a move to a new microphone. You're doing a great job holding it. You look like a rock star. It's very good. Things falling apart. Um, Yes. And so, yes, they do need to make a move, I think. But I don't think the move is going to be out there this year. Kind of going back to what I said earlier. Like, I just don't think it's there. Because you're trying to, in a trade scenario, the Kings are not trading uh, trading Keegan Murray. They're not going to. The only way I can see them trading Keegan Murray is if they are getting a star in return who is also under contractual control who fits long. It's not happening. I don't think that's happening. So the two most likely players that the Kings are moving on from are Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell, both guys with average to below average value. Davion Mitchell's value is pretty much tanked at this point. He's he's gotten his position taken by a two-way player. Like, let's be real for what it is. A two-way player came in and stole Davion's spot. So, like, you're not trading Harrison and Davion for an upgrade at Harrison's position. I just don't think it's realistic to, to expect that. You could add draft compensation on top of that to try and sweeten the deal, but I don't think the, the Raptors are, are considering that for OG or Pascal or anything like that. Maybe if the draft compensation is good enough, but those waters are muddied too because of the Kevin Herter trade. So, like, I just I don't see a way where the Kings make the upgrade that needs to be made for these problems to be fixed this year. I think the problem is fixed by writing it out, seeing how far you get, 
seeing where Keegan is at and what, like if Keegan is ready for another step on top of that in his third year this summer, and then making a decision about Harrison, Kevin, even Malik at that point. Although I think the decision for Malik is easy, bringing the hell back. Like I think Malik's making the easiest decision for you this off season, as long as you can, you can get him there, but maybe you consider Herter and, and Harrison are on the move there. Maybe you have a little more context about, Demondis Sabonis, what if he stinks it up in the playoffs again? I don't think they're going to consider moving on from him, but if he plays really well in the playoffs, you're solidified in your, I got my I got my point guard and I got my center. I'm good. And now I got my wing and Keegan that I think can take me there, but I need to add some help on the side. So I just don't see a move, Kenny, that the Kings can make that solve these problems this year without giving up pieces that aren't a part of the problem. Hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't. I agree. I understand. I wouldn't completely rule out the idea of Kevin Herter being traded. I know we, we, we focus on Harrison and Davion. I get, I get that. If there's a real deal for one of the Toronto guys mm-hmm. or something else that the league's not talking about, mm-hmm. I wouldn't rule out the idea of Kevin Herter being moved. Not advocating for it, not championing it, not I'm, telling you it's going to happen. I'm just saying – understand i i i there i i think kevin has come a long way since that guy who had to sit in one of the preseason games or come off the bench in one of the preseason games to to where he is now he was challenged by his head coach to do more and he's done that Mm -hmm. he has made an impact uh, on the floor he's a good ball player yeah i i i think people are going to have feelings about harrison barnes i think harrison barnes probably be a, a legit a really good trade candidate to, like, a contending team. Mm-hmm. Oh, we love a guy like Harrison Barnes. It'd be great for us. Okay, well, what are you getting in return from a contending team? Mm-hmm. And so that's where Kevin Herter comes into play for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking to land something that's out there or something that we haven't heard about, I'd, I'd, I'd at least keep an eye on that. Yeah. Shooters are always extremely valuable. Kevin Herter is on a fantastic yeah. contract. fantastic contract and you have control over him for a long time that's why i believe the kings won't want to give up on him because they have a a shooter that they know fits that spot but it's a lot easier to imagine a world where the kings move on from kevin herter for a wing or whatever help they're looking to get and plug malik into that starting lineup and all ahead full still than it is to move on from harrison plug someone in Harrison's position, maybe move Keegan to the three and figure it out that way. And, and really quick in the chatty house, because I've seen people like this and I want to address this comment by Spencer. He says, I hear you, Matt, but you're wasting young guys on the bench giving HB minutes. That, that comment about HB is what frustrates me because there's nobody behind Harrison Barnes. There's nobody on this roster right now that is worthy of HB's minutes. HB is not holding Sasha Vizenkov back. Sasha is not ready for what HB does. HB is not holding Trey Lyles back. Kessler Edwards is not an NBA starring caliber player, so forget about it. He can't even crack the rotation consistently, and he's a defensive guy that Mike Brown loves, right? There is nobody on this roster to fill Harrison's spot. If there was, they'd be here by now. The Kings are riding out with what they got with Harrison. And you could have a whole hell of a lot worse than Harrison. And if you don't believe me, look through the playoff drought and and look up a guy named John Salmons or Andres Nocioni or some of the other names we've had at that position over the years here in Sacramento. There are definitely worse players than Harrison Barnes that the Sacramento Kings could have. So I don't 
appreciate or agree with people making Harrison out to be the biggest main only problem that the Sacramento Kings have. The Kings need 40 at that position. They need him right now. They do need to upgrade him, I think, but the upgrade is not on this roster. Yeah, this isn't 2014 where we've got to give guys a run. No, that's not what we're doing here. As it stands right now, Harrison Barnes is still the Sacramento Kings' best opportunity to win. We questioned whether it would be Sasha at some point. Sasha's not there yet. We've seen growth from Sasha in the young part of the season, in the first quarter of the season. That's fantastic. Let my man keep going. Like, Harrison isn't holding Sasha back. Like, Sasha's still got some things to figure out in the league. Yeah, well, you know, the Kings, they – they have to be careful because De'Aaron did turn down them. Bruh. Thanks, Iggy. Thanks, Iggy. Like, come on. Like, and, and, and I appreciate Kyle Madsen who was like, well, let's, let's see if there's some context to this. He goes and watches it. There's no context to it. And then Rory says, well, maybe he didn't know the salary cap. Bro, he's the head of the players' union. What are you talking about? That was like, like oh, why do dude do man. this? Come why on, do they man. do Iggy, this? Iggy, we like you, dog. The, don't, don't they, do the vortex don't of do podcast idiocy. And, and, and it was, I always joke that the funniest thing about Vlade's I had a better offer two days ago was the look on his face, right? I had a better offer two days ago, and he looks down like, huh? Huh? That was that was Ty and uh, that was uh, Iggy and, and – uh, Evan Turner. Like he was dropping a bar. Like he turned down $100 million. <laughs> Following the conversation about Tyrese as if they kept De'Aaron and De'Aaron doesn't want to be here. Like, like they was dropping Bruh. a bar. Like, come on, Stop. Iggy. Stop. Iggy's still mad at the Sacramento Kings and, and Pete D'Alessandro for not giving him the contract after he was a free agent when he, when he went to Golden State for the first time. Remember, yeah. the Kings were the front runner to land that. him after his years in Denver. And then it didn't work out. And I think Iggy spoke publicly about how that bothered him or whatever because of pete pete was his guy in denver what in the hell with pete not the kings kings ain't got nothing to do with this De'Aaron got nothing to do with this oh boy, iggy hell is... kings fans don't like pete we got something in common iggy oh boy, that boy iggy was acting like he dropped a bar man. i, I was, was like, so annoyed man. when we got tagged in that clip like Stop. like andre not you not you. Hey, it had to be Iggy, man. That's my. But the I like fly Iggy. scarf on and everything, like, yeah. man, what you doing? I like Iggy, but no, no seriousness. Not okay. Um, I think the Kings. Sometimes I wonder if the Kings are just a victim of the fact that they made the playoffs last year. Like, if if this team would be playing like this last year, do you think we'd be hypercritical of them? No. No. Absolutely not. And that comes with the territory. I'm not even saying like, oh, but we knew that you said it. You were the first to say it. You were the very first to say that it's not going to be the same next year. Yeah. So that's why I'm I'm just I'm kind of sitting back and I just want to see more consistency from this group before they make a a move or, you know, start to have those talks about making a move. Give this team. I mean, this is a big stretch coming up. This this the rest of this little homestand right here. What can you do here? Some big time, big time teams. I think they got one, two, three, four, five, six games. Can you go four and two in these six games at home? If you can go four and two, I'd feel great. I'd be like, yo, this team is, this team is 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 on the right path. But if you go yeah. two and four, mm, some people might not make it to twenty twenty four as a Sacramento King. 
Mm. No, I, I, that's, I think that's a fair expectation, Kenny, but to go back what you initially said, like the reason why we're more critical this year is yeah, we have the context of the playoffs. Number one, number two is this is the bed they've made for themselves. You have your head coach taking the podium every day and going, we're trying to get from good to great. If they're mm. holding themselves to that expectation, why shouldn't everybody else? Mm. That's why I've been more critical this year than I've been in years at times when the Kings were terrible. And I was the optimistic Matt George, like, as if it's a as if it's a wrestling gimmick like uh, everything's I, a wrestling gimmick everything is the world is uh that was one of my notes but well i was going to say we 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 got a, about 2 minutes left of, of, around that i do you do you right. want to go over your your Delo and Casey show notes from december 14th right, ra- rapid fire notes here number 1 uh Kyle Kuzma's fall is like a sped up video of old people falling <laughs> That was, uh, oh, that was my first note. Just <laughs> watch terrible. old people falling and speed it up. That's what Kyle Kuzma looked like. Uh, number two, Kyle Madsen dropping 140 or 1140 uh, slip ups is worse than my multiple f bombs on the air. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I, yeah. And I'm, I'm putting that. Yours right was that funny. Hand. Yours was funny. Yours was very very funny because the sh- at least the one you had with me, what you uh, us. The shocked look on your face when you realized what you said was just (laughs) pure terror. Everybody liked it except for Jesse. Uh, Number three, Leezy pre-writes the intros to his calls and he he should write Drake bars that Kenny has to perform one day. Oh, I like that. I like that. I don't know why Kenny got dragged into this, but I like it. No, I just want to hear Leezy's Drake bars and Kenny has to do it. That's funny. Uh, number four, building off of the Giannis conversation, my son takes stuff from me all the time and he won't give it back to me when I need it and I demand it. So I'm ready to fight him too. So I understand Giannis completely. He's like, that. uh, and then finally, if Draymond Green, uh, were a WWE guest, he would be the rare guest that comes in with heat from the crowd and he gets rocked. And I would love to see it be like Brock Lesnar or someone that just puts him in an F5. But don't tell him. Tell him he's going over and then have Brock just pick him. Well, the good news is if you look at past black WWE champions, Brock Lesnar just comes out and F5s the hell out of him. So Draymond Green, I saw him posing with the belt. Uh, That picture was making the rounds. So here comes Brock Lesnar. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. That wasn't what I meant. No, that, that is note. what you meant. Yep. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant by that. Yeah, Forget that note. No, I, it could be Matt.George at ABC10.com. <laughs> it could uh, be Bobby Lashley. Matt, <laughs> Matt, we appreciate you so much. Uh, we will be back tomorrow uh, to recap this King's Thunder game, hopefully uh, with a little young Zell to start us off, and we'll head yeah. out uh, to Raiders Chargers next here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t oh, 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 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, 